Hello! Hello. Kawaii cast time. Yes, I'm Candace. <laughs> I'm Tyler. And welcome to this week's episode. So, it's been a while since we've done a top five. Indeed it has. Yeah, so we will get into that in a minute. Uh, for this week's anime news, both of us kind of don't really have a lot. Um, yeah, not really a lot. I've got, like, one thing, but it's not technically anime related yeah what is it uh there's now three vtubers who have reached a a million subscribers or followers <laughs> and that is garagura obviously and this this happened like two weeks ago i'm just behind on the times uh corone i don't know her other name her last name whatever and um I can't remember the third one's name, but she's like the the like the purple cat girl or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I recently discovered uh, Ichigo Lemonade, and I'm I'm kind of a fan. She's sassy. Yeah, yeah, and she's cute. I like her. So all on the VTuber train at this point. Uh, the reason I don't really have news myself is because when looking over the articles this week, anything that kind of piqued my interest, all of them were kind of things like. Jujutsu Kaisen reveals uh, uh, Gojo's face. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, Yay. we know. We watched the episode. We... Uh, on that, I believe Funimation has announced the English cast for Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay. So, so that's... there's that, I guess. Yeah. The only other article of interest that I saw this week was uh, Hayao Miyazaki asks people to stop harassing him in the streets. And honestly, guys, stop harassing Hayao Miyazaki in the streets. <laughs> stop harassing anyone in the streets. Yeah, like, I guess this whole thing started because a reporter, like, caught him in the streets and was, like, asking him how he feels about uh, the success of the Kimitsu no Yaiba movie. And basically just, like, did, like, an impromptu interview, which was obviously really obnoxious because the whole reason he stopped him was because of its surpassing Spirited Away's numbers. And... Frankly, I don't think Miyazaki really created Spirited Away with the intention of it being that big of a cultural phenomena. And any movie that surpasses it in sales, I think for him, is just like, well, yeah, I would expect things to surpass it in sales. That movie came out, like, over a decade ago. <laughs> right? You know? <laughs> like, it's it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's like, if anime is not adapting at this point, then it will never adapt. <laughs> like, You're right. So... Please stop asking Hayao Miyazaki how he feels about things being more successful than his work. Because one, that's really fucking rude. And two, like, I don't think he ever really meant for it to be that big of a deal. That's that's like asking, uh, who was it, James Cameron, how he feels about movies overtaking Titanic. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a dick move. It's, it's gonna happen eventually. Yeah, like, his response to that was, well, I'm making Avatar 2 and everybody groaned. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, not really a lot in anime news this week. Uh, Twitter just updated its app, so now it has this new function called Fleets, which I really hate. Is is it anything like stories it for is Facebook and literally, Instagram? It is literally stories. Ugh. Okay, whatever. Yeah, and I feel like it's my punishment for making you update stories on Instagram back when you were in charge of the Instagram accounts. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's coming back to haunt me. <laughs> I'm not a fan of stories. I am a fan of stories, but I'm not a fan of the concept that Twitter's just like, look, we invented this whole new thing. And everybody's like, you mean stories? And they're like, you mean what? And you're like, stories, that's what this is. And they're like, no, these are called fleets. They're completely different. And everybody's like, yeah, they're stories. But this, you can add video and capture things and post your photos or just use text. I'm like, yeah, that's called stories. You mean like stories. <laughs> and they're like, fleets. But these only last 24 hours. Yeah, like stories. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which means that Instagram is now going to, or not Instagram, Facebook or Twitter it's gonna be that social media <laughs> social media is going to now be even less relevant than it was before so make sure you guys go follow us on twitter at <laughs> so you can check out our fleets <laughs> and with that 
and there you have it. Let's go ahead and get into today's episode. As I mentioned earlier, this is a top five episode. For those of you who are new to joining us and have never listened to our top fives, it's kind of like a top ten list, except I take five of them, Tyler takes five of them, and instead of being smart and collaborating on our lists, we don't know what the other one is picked until we record the episode. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, so I actually came up with the idea for you this one. You did! I'm so proud of you! This is your 2020 idea! Yay! I get one. You get one every year, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this one was, it just kind of hit me. I was, I was sitting there and I was like, obviously, you know, watching anime, as I do. And I was like, you know, I've rewatched this show like 12 times. <laughs> Maybe we should just do a, a top five on five on shows we think are rewatchable. Yeah. So so there you go. That's Yeah, and it's pretty similar I've noticed to our last top 5 where it was like top 5 binge watch anime, but honestly, I think the big difference between this versus the binge watch one at least for my list is that I try to pick things that the second or third time you watch it, you're going to have a completely different and more enriched experience than the first time you watched it. Yeah. So I tried to uh, I know, avoid. I know you mentioned to me that like when you were coming up with your list, you're like, oh, I've I've got a set of criteria for yes. for what I think qualifies as rewatchable. Yes, I so, do. So so what are is the criteria for you? Uh, so I will kind of be going more into detail about them as I explain my lists, but mostly it's just I try to avoid anything. Where my initial thought on rewatching it is, man, I really wish I could erase my memory of this anime so I could experience it for the first time again. Because I know there's a lot of anime out there that people think that. They're just like, man, that this series was so good, I wish that I could experience that first time. Where I feel like rewatchable anime is one of those things where it's like, okay, now that I know this, I want to rewatch the first few episodes again. So I can relive that feeling, but from a new perspective. Okay. And so, yeah, it's... that That's basically my criteria. Like, something I would think of, like, I want to erase my memory of this so I can experience it for the first time again would be something like Banana Fish. So that one, to me, while I have rewatched it, I don't really consider that a rewatchable anime. Yeah. So, because it's not as good the second time around. Uh, I did not have any sort of criteria like that. Shock. Shocker, right? I know. Uh, mine, mine was basically came down to like one. How many times have I rewatched it? For one, uh, for two, like would I want to take the time to rewatch it again? Yeah, you know, like it's it's just kind of a simple, simple thing for me. Yeah, because I am a simple man. Uh, so with that, do you mind if I start this list off? Take it away. All right. Uh, I have to remember which one's my number five. The way I wrote my list, I just put the anime that I wanted, and then I wrote the numbers. So <laughs> <laughs> So now you have to do some sort of crazy jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. I mean, it's only five anime. It shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> it's so hard. So. <laughs> have you ever tried doing a five-piece jigsaw puzzle? <laughs> I can't say I have. <laughs> It's it's like one of those, uh, you know, when you're a kid and you have the cube uh-huh. that has the little holes that's like star-shaped, square shape, and you have to put the, the shaped blocks into them. Yeah, my siblings really struggled with that. It's very difficult. I don't know, I don't know that feeling. <laughs> it's kind of like that. What's a failing grade? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Is it 98%? <laughs> so anyway, sitting at my number five... Uh, this is probably the only one that I would consider the least rewatchable, but it did meet my criteria, and it's one that I have only rewatched a few episodes of, so I felt I was kind of lying to you guys with this one a little bit, but I do still think it fits, and that is Dr. Stone. Okay. So the reason why Dr. Stone made this list is because while the beginning of the series doesn't really feel like something that would be rewatchable, because it kind of follows a typical shonen story layout, like big thing happens, heroes has to figure out the problem to this, and then somebody betrays them, and then the villain is revealed, whatever, whatever. 
basic beat storyline, when you get to the later arcs, particularly the space arc, Podcat is going nuts. Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> particularly the space arc where you not only learn about Senku's past relationships before the stone incident, but his relationship to his father, the connection that he his father had to other characters, and how they basically repopulated the entire Earth. <laughs> you, uh, yeah. You start to realize that the relationships that all these characters have are completely different, that Senku is more of a god than a protagonist at this point. And... Uh, so those people are inbred as fuck. (laughs) I think someone did the math and, and in order for like there to be a ample supply of genetics that it's not going to be crazy inbred, there's, there needs to be like 84 people or something considering they started with five. Well, it does make sense that everybody in the village has either blonde hair or brown hair. Yeah. (laughs) That is a thing. Yeah. And that they all look, like, really, really similar to the original astronauts, too. Like, that there's not a lot of genetic diversity (laughs) in this No, there isn't. (laughs) No, there isn't. (laughs) But knowing those facts make you kind of want to understand at least that arc a little bit better, or at least reflect on that arc a little bit better. The reason this hits my number five is because I really feel like you don't need to rewatch the whole show at that point. Just rewatch that arc, the village arc. That was a really good arc. It was a really good uh, arc. Where where they find the, uh, basically, the bottom of the Coke bottle engraved with the yeah. recording, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's like, I do think because of this, Dr. Stone does have rewatchability. But not to the extent that other anime does. I will say, in defense of me putting this on my number five list, though, the first arc is still very, very enjoyable to rewatch. And I think some, one of the interesting things is since we start with the stone incident, there's this kind of underlying theme that Senku did have an entire life prior to this incident that we know nothing about for a majority of the season, since he's not typically the kind of person to think too much on his past. And when that past kind of spills out and it is revealed slowly, then you can appreciate who Senko was in the first episode again. And that's the kind of thing that I think makes a series fun to watch more than once. It's similar to like a video game where at the end of the video game, you realize how much your choices had impact and it makes you really want to play that game again. So that way you can do things differently. Yeah. Or you can understand the characters differently. And I think Dr. Stone does that maybe to a more mild extent. Or when there's a crazy bombshell development at the end of the video game and then you go through the very beginning and you see like all of the hints into it and you're like, Holy fuck, it's so obvious now. Yeah, I think learning about, like, Senku's birthday and how much, like, Gen actually cared about that, in spite of the fact that he was kind of an asshole, makes me really, really appreciate Gen more and makes me really want to care about Senku a lot. So, yeah, I do think that the series, you can watch it more than once and you can appreciate it in a different light, Mm -hmm. so... That's why Dr. Stone makes my number five, and it's going to be a continuing theme throughout my list. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone. Check it out. Uh, so my my number five, uh, I've put down Angel Beats. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. Uh, so it is, it's basically, it's, it's about um, sort of an afterlife. It's, it's like... The place where, where like, these, these young children go, like, high school-aged kids go after they have died mm-hmm. to, it's kind of as an acceptance thing, like, hey, okay, I'm, I'm dead, and, and it's, like, a precursor into going into the actual afterlife. Mm-hmm. And, and they've, uh, so, so it's the story of all these kids that they find, if you, if you kind of just treat it like a normal life, you'll end up passing over anyways. 
Mm-hmm. So, so they found ways to basically bypass this. So they just they're they're in the world, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, you can't really die. Like there's there's fighting, you know. <laughs> they all fight, you know. They die, but you just kind of like come back, you know. So so it's it's the story of accepting that you you have actually died and trying to move on. Okay. Yeah. And and there's there's a lot of developments and it it's something I've been me- meaning to rewatch again. Okay. So. So that, how many times have you watched it? Uh I've rewatched it once, so I've seen it twice. Okay. So you're starting it off with like the low numbers. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and move on to my number 4, which is almost similar in regards to my number five and reasons why I picked it. And again, this is going to be a reoccurring theme for most of these on my list, but number four is going to go to Yuri on Ice, which has never made any of my top five lists. Okay. Yeah, so Yuri on Ice, similar to Dr. Stone, the whole thing kind of starts off pretty typical sports anime. Like, the the main character, Yuri, starts by failing his... uh, performance thus knocking him out of the rankings and sending him back home to japan where he's basically told by his rival yuri that he should just retire because he's getting too old and he clearly has never ranked anywhere or made a name for himself and since figure skating they're they're just worried once you get old your bones get brittle and you just you (laughs) can't do those same uh what are they called the the triple something spin jump i don't know figure skating whatever but figure skating is gonna break a leg okay yeah figure skating is kind of one of those sports where if you haven't really made a name for yourself by a certain point you're probably never going to do so and so he decides he's just gonna go back to japan and live the rest of his life working at the hot springs his family owns and as one last farewell to figure skating uh he goes to the local skating rink with his friends and he performs the championship routine that Victor did that won him the gold medal. And he perfectly recreates it while his friend's kids filmed him without him being aware and then tweeted it and it went viral. Thus, everybody who is relevant to the series watches the video, including Victor, who is so taken away by this performance that he flies out to Japan and announces that he's going to be Yuri's coach and help him win a gold medal so he could get his name out there before he retires. And the reason why that whole buildup is really important is because we as an audience know that Victor and Yuri have met before, but we've only really seen it from Yuri's perspective where he's pretty sure Victor is so big and so famous that he's literally never even noticed Yuri before. And meanwhile, Yuri is like Victor's biggest fanboy and has like all of his posters hanging up on his wall in his bedroom and has had a crush on him since he was a kid and even (laughs) adopted the same kind of dog because of him. And even named his dog Victor, if I remember correctly. That's gay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so now his like idol and childhood crush is now at his family's hot spring completely naked telling him that he wants to be his coach. Because that is the perfect opportunity to tell someone's family that you want to be their coach. Yes. Like, like, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, I know we're naked right now, but I just, I really want you to know I want to be Timmy's baseball coach. Now his family is thrilled by it, but... <laughs> But we're pretty much led to believe that that is the setup, that Victor has never noticed Yuri before this video went viral, and that the only reason it was relevant to him is because it was his routine. But then around episode, I think it's nine or ten, I can't exactly remember, after the credits roll, we receive a huge plot twist that's something that Yuri is not aware of, and that was... A couple years earlier, during another skating performance, there was a big after-party to celebrate the holidays, and everybody got really fucking drunk, and Yuri decided to dance on a stripper pole. (laughs) Uh, How good was he? He was really good, apparently, because that was the first time Victor noticed him and fell in love with him at first sight, 
and has been doting over him ever since. And it wasn't until the video went viral that he had the excuse to go to Japan and meet him. (laughs) All right. So after learning this plot twist, which is like near the end of the series, fans were like, okay, wait, 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 hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I gotta check this out. Yeah, so then you go back to episode one, and you rewatch all of it, and you're just like, oh my god. Victor has been doting over Yuri this entire (laughs) fucking time. We thought this was one-sided. It was never one-sided. These two have been secretly crushing over each other for years. And it completely changes the entire series. So the reason why this one makes it so far down my list is because I really think once you notice this the first time, that's it. <laughs> like, you're never going to watch this four or five times thinking, wait, 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 I missed something. Once you catch it, once that light s- switch has been flipped, you're not unflipping it. Yeah. So this is one that you do have to rewatch. It's almost a requirement to rewatch it. But you really don't need to rewatch it more than once. Unless you just really, really like Yuri on Ice. Yeah. I've watched Yuri on Ice twice now for that reason. And I do like Yuri on Ice. And part of me just kind of thinks like, well, maybe I'll go back and rewatch it again. But I never really have like that absolute urge to go back and rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Like there's other anime that I would watch, rewatch first. But I do think this one has to be mentioned because... I mean, I am a fan of the series, and I know fans of the series have said the exact same thing. There's, there's a lot of fans, and while I'm not one, I I can completely understand the reasoning behind yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like this one, it had to make my list just because this is a mandatory rewatch. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool so, beans. <laughs> so what's your number four? Uh, what have you watched more than twice? Uh, do you really want to know? <laughs> Uh, this is another one that, uh, actually, I do, I, I, have I watched this one more than twice? I know I've watched it actively twice, and then I think there's been at least one time that I've just kind of had it on as, like, background noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is Wagnaria. It's, um, it has two series. There's Wagnaria, mm-hmm. like, the main series, and then there's, like, a spin-off i guess like i can't really say it's a sequel but it's like uh like www.wagnaria whatever yeah uh both are good i love both uh so just i'm i'm clumping on both together uh and and it's it's just it's something i feel like because it takes place in a restaurant a lot of like working force people like us can mm. really relate to it yeah. You know, because there's, there's all the stories of like, oh, this crazy co-worker is going on, you're doing whatever, you know, there's the love stories that happen in the workplace, and it's just, it's really cute, it's it's fun to watch. Yeah. Workforce. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm terrible at explaining everything. <laughs> But trust me, it's it's a good show. I'm just watching the clock. Like, how many minutes it took me to explain why people should watch Yuri on Ice because of a stripper scene. And then your reasoning is just like, yeah. You I like check it. Check it out. <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to relate to this shit. I like this anime. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. I like it enough to rewatch it. So that's kind of the reason behind my number three, to be fair. This one, it does have a little bit more criteria, which I will explain. But this one, it should have been absolutely predictable that this one is on my list. Because unlike Yuri on Ice and Dr. Stone, this is one that I have rewatched so many times I have lost count of how many times I've watched it. Because I always feel the need that whenever I get to the end of the series, that I just kind of want to go back to the beginning of the series again. Because I just want to see how much the characters have changed and grown, and that's Haikyuu. I was I was gonna say, I guarantee Haikyuu <laughs> is on your list. Yes. Somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, this one absolutely goes to Haikyuu. This one would be higher on the list, but... Again, most of this is just my own personal feelings. Like, when I finished reading the manga, there was just some itch inside of me that was just like, you have to go back and watch the anime. And I'm like, but why? And my brain was like, you gotta. And then I'm like, that makes sense. (laughs) 
And so I went and I rewatched it. But <laughs> there is this really, really fun thing, though, that happens when you rewatch Haikyuu. And that's the fact that you pick up a lot of the more subtle things that happen during training arcs. So normally in Shonen, when you go through a training arc, there's some big moment where the character learns some super cool power move that they're going to use later. And everybody's like, that's going to be relevant. That's going to be relevant later. And then you get to the big fight against the big bad guy. And then that becomes relevant. Everybody's like, I fucking knew it. I knew he was going to use that. I knew it. Or you get things like Demon Slayer, where they learn the power move literally seconds before they use it. And this it's is just, su- it's just like an epiphany. Like, yeah. Hey, if I angle my blade two degrees to the left. Yeah. Like, like- <laughs> a lot of shonen tend to do that trope a lot, but Haikyuu tends to throw in a lot of these a bit more subtly aside from like the big things like Kageyama and Hinata working really hard to perfect their freak quick. So that way they could use it in matches later or something that, pretty much takes up the entirety of the summer arc we see a little bit more coming from the side characters who are learning things alongside Hinata and Kageyama but because they're given less spotlight you don't have that big aha moment the first time you watch it I think probably my favorite example of this comes from the newest season where we had this whole grand episode just dedicated to Tanaka that ends with him actually getting them the uh, uh, set point when he does this insane cross shot from like the other side of the net. And he's like, I'm a freaking genius. And you would just think, well, that was just him doing something really cool. But if you go back and rewatch the summer training arc, you learn that he actually saw Bokuto do that exact same move during their match against uh, Fukuro, yeah, Fukuro Dani. And then he immediately tried to do it himself and failed. Yeah. And we even see Asahi kind of trying to do it as well, but mostly it's Tanaka. You even see him like doing stretches where he's actually trying to rotate his shoulder that way to try to mimic what Bokuto did. And then we get like this cute little flashback sequence of just like little highlights of everything they're doing. And again, Tanaka's relentlessly practicing that exact same move. And in the manga, he even mentions that he's going to abandon it because he doesn't think he'll have it ready by nationals. So the fact that he pulls it out and wins the set because of it was such a big deal. And it's one of those things you probably would never notice unless you've watched this anime as many times as I have. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I'm surprised this isn't number one on your list. Yeah, (laughs) there's a reason it's not number one on my list. My number two and number one are both I'll I'll explain those, but Haikyuu is just one of those things that's just absolutely special that does the thing that most shonens just wish they can pull off, and it's just have a little bit of nuance to its character development, mm-hmm. and it's rare for a shonen anime to have that, especially one from Shonen Jump. So yeah, I this one had to be on my list for that reason. And I know there's people out there who've discovered some of those nuance moments that I didn't notice the first time or the second or third. It's the best comparison I can make to this is like when you played fallout three or fallout four and you're never playing the same game twice in a row. Every time you replay fallout, it's a completely different game. Yeah. It's, it's not like mass effect where you make the exact same decisions every (laughs) single game. Or like Persona 5, where you're like, I'm going to romance somebody different this time, and then you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to romance somebody different this time, and then you meet Makoto again. You're like, like, (sighs) here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, uh, definitely like, let me know if you guys spot anything new in Haikyuu on your third or fourth watching of it, because I'm still discovering things I didn't notice before. And I don't think I'll ever discover everything that Furudate has put in this series. I think it's just too good. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, with that, what is your number three? My number three, uh, it's actually one of my favorite series of all time, and I... I really wish I got to recommend this more, (laughs) but it's one of those series that I know you... I don't think you would like, personally, so it's like I can't recommend it to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's Love, Chunibyo, and Other Delusions. 
This is one that you keep saying that I would like, and then you turn I, around and say I, I never, wouldn't like. I never know with you, okay? <laughs> so some days you'll surprise me, and you'll be watching something, and I'm like, maybe Candace would like this series. And then other days you turn around and you you say something stupid, and I'm like, Candace wouldn't like that series. I never say something <laughs> stupid, all right? Everything that comes out of my mouth is perfect every time. <laughs> Sure. Uh, it's so good. Guys, there's, I think, two, three seasons? Two seasons. Two seasons in a movie. Plus some OVAs. But it's so good. It's so cute. It's so wholesome. That's basically my list from now on, is basically just, if it's wholesome, it probably <laughs> made it to the list. Oh. Just saying. Okay. Except for my number one. That's definitely not wholesome. <laughs> but... You can probably guess what that is. Yes, I think it's actually on my honorable mentions list. <laughs> probably. Uh, but it's so cute. It's it's about uh, this girl who's deep Chunibyo. And, you know, obviously she gets feelings for this boy who is an ex-Chunibyo. He's, like, going to a new school and everything to be avoiding anyone who knew him in his previous dweeb life mm -hmm. and and so she she you know they run into each other and they basically get stuck with each other at first and it just becomes this cute love story you know about the two falling in love and i'm trying to remember if and or when they actually kiss because <laughs> it doesn't happen until way late in the series yeah i don't even think they handhold until second season it's crazy <laughs> lewd yeah but it's so cute. It's wholesome. It's fun. Okay. And of course, because it involves Chunibyo, you know, there's some hilarity to ensue. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is Tyler is a nerd. I am a nerd. <laughs> Dark Flame Master. At least this one, you actually had something to say about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you. No, you're not. I am. I am genuinely proud of you. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to my top two. Uh, so just a fair warning, both of these have made my top five lists before for basically the reasons that I put them on this list. So this is why I wanted to go first, because there is nothing on here that is unpredictable from this point on. So this is going to be kind of a repeat if you guys are regular listeners have listened to previous top five lists. Hopefully Tyler has interesting things to say for the rest of this episode because you're going to be hearing a lot of broken record from me. <laughs> so moving on to my number two, this should be no surprise to anybody who's watched the series or is a regular listener, uh, Rakugo no Shinju. Yeah. Shocker. I know. So... I mentioned this the last time I put this on a top five list, but one of the best things about the series ultimately comes down to the big plot twist at the end of season one. So episode one starts us off with introducing us to the character who is a famous Rakugo storyteller, and he's basically dedicated his entire life since childhood to perfecting the art of telling stories. And the entirety of the first season is literally his version of, of his life story that he's telling to his apprentice and his adopted daughter. And we are supposed to take this whole thing at face value throughout the entire first season. Because why wouldn't we? We're watching an anime. Anytime you watch anime, it you just immediately get pulled into the situation where it's like, yes, this is exactly what happened. But by the end of the first season, it's revealed that the entire, like, the major conclusion to his story on why he's such a terrible person is actually a lie that he straight up exaggerated the events that happened to make himself seem like the villain of his own story when in reality it was an accident that nobody could have prevented and so going into the second season we now have left a question did anything he tell us was it true or not was it real events that happened were any of these people actually relevant or was this just the delusions of an old man who has lived so long in self-loathing 
that he will always paint himself in the worst possible light. How much of this has been exaggerated? Exactly. It's kind of like if you ever go to a party and something happened at that party, so you're telling your friend about it, but then somebody else that was at that party comes up and be like, that's not what happened, and then they tell their version of the story, and now that person's just kind of like, okay, which of you is telling me the truth and which one of you is just (laughs) exaggerating? And that's literally what this anime is. And so it's just really, really enjoyable to go back and rewatch the first season with that filter suddenly removed. It's like this whole veil has been lifted that this is not the telling of a real person's life, but this is just a fantasy that has been stewing in his mind for so long that's heavily biased and guilt. Well, it makes you wonder um, if, if uh, because, you know, obviously everyone has a different perception of everything and uh, your, your brain plays stupid tricks on you. Your brain mm-hmm. hates you, I swear. Yeah. And, and like, it will, you know, blow things out of proportion or, you know, make shit up, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it's... It's been proven that the the more you remember a certain event and the more you, like, retell that event, the more clearly it, it becomes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because your brain also lies to you, it depends, like, the maybe that wasn't how it actually happened, but since you've been remembering it that way for so long... Mm-hmm that's how you honestly believe it happened. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't, it's not so much a lie as it is just a very, very biased, self-loathing story. And what makes this more interesting too is the reoccurring theme of the famous Rakugo story, the uh, Shinigami, which is a story about a man who is pulled into the underworld by death where he's placed in front of a bunch of candles and is told that these candles represent people's life. And when death points out his candle to him, it's about to burn out. And he makes a deal with him saying, if you can replace your flame on your candle with the flame of another candle, I will let you take that life force. And so the person now conflicted with the idea of having to take somebody else's life to extend their own accidentally blows out both candles and thus death takes two lives and for the price of one. And knowing this Rakugo story the whole time, knowing that this man is so self-loathing and hating and that everything he's saying is just this depressing delusion makes the story just all the more powerful and interesting. And this is the reason I've recommended the series in the past, but I do have a little bit more to add to this and that's the big plot twist in season two. Now, so... now with this candle story, <laughs> hypothetically, if you were able to do it, would you just continue to age? Like, like you get their lifespan added to yours, You're missing basically. the point of the story, like, would, would I turn into, like, if I were to normally die at 100 <laughs> years old or whatever, and they were going to live to 100, would I all of a sudden like be 189 and look like three feet tall hunchback beard you know 12 feet long you missed the point of the story do i get do i get the youth along with it you absolutely missed the point of the story anyway so moving on i didn't miss it i chose to ignore it right over your head (laughs) so to add to my reason for why rakugo no shinju made it so high on my list is the plot twist in season two so season one ends with the reveal that the adopted daughter is in fact pregnant but she doesn't want to reveal who the father is and so the apprentice who's kind of an idiot but he's like a really lovable idiot basically tells her he's like hey i could be the father And we don't have to fall in love with it or anything and we don't have to get married and we don't need to be a couple, but you can tell people that I'm the father because I want this baby to grow up with two parents. And that's really his only reasoning. He's like, he's not trying to get with her or anything. He's just like, I just think it's wrong for a kid to not have a dad. So we can pretend like I'm the dad. And so for season two, that's basically what they do. But there's always this lingering question of who's the biological father 
And by the end of the series, we learn who it is, and I am not going to tell you who it is, because goddamn is it fucked up. But (laughs) you definitely can't watch season one or season two the same way ever again. And this is one that almost makes me kind of want to bleach my brain. (laughs) But it also makes the series weirdly more enjoyable as well, because now we can see things from her perspective which is completely different than the character we thought she was the entire fucking time. And it also makes the whole apprentice pretending to be the dad thing a little bit weird as well. And it's, it's interesting. (laughs) And it's one that you should definitely go into blind. I know a lot of people said season two wasn't as good as season one, but honestly, I kind of like season two more than season one, which is surprising because it's a bit more of a slice of life than season one was. So yeah, this one almost takes up two spots on my list for each season kind of having its own reason to rewatch it. Okay. So yeah, this one absolutely guarantee if you watch it once, you're going to want to watch it again. Yeah. I'll take your word on that. Yeah. I tried. (laughs) It's definitely easier to watch it the second time, too. So, Yeah, I'll take your word on that. I tried. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, let's hear your number two. My number two. Uh, My number two is, it's actually one I almost always end up watching at least once a year. Or re-watching once a year. And it's usually right around this time, the holiday season. And that's because the holiday season in the series is, like, the the peak of, like, this is where it's, like, really good. Mm-hmm. And, and that's obviously Toradora. Okay. Like, again, wholesome. Wholesome <laughs> bullshit. I've, I've mentioned this in the past. It's, you know, about the, the guy and the girl who they basically hate each other at first. But hey, they're in love with each other's best friends. Mm-hmm. So they basically decide to get close to each other in order to get their friends to fall in love with the other one. And mm-hmm. then, you know, obviously at the end, everyone knows that the two fall in love anyways. So, yeah. Just makes me think that the easy solution would have been just the two of them agreeing to hook them up with their friends. <laughs> that's the thing is they try but they're both very awkward Mm -hmm. so they they basically put each other in situations like here if we do this you're gonna be able to get close to my friend and then because they're awkward they fuck it up yeah i i have a really simple solution for anybody with this problem just say to your best friend hey I know this person that would be really good for you and you should give them a shot. <laughs> yeah, it's always that's, the best solution. That's literally how humans function. But but then it's less fun. Yeah, it is less fun and it wouldn't make an interesting anime. But <laughs> that's just my advice to anybody going through this situation. Be like, hey, I know somebody, you'd probably love them. You know who you would like? Have you met Ted? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Learn to be a better wingman. The anime. <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> that's basically what it is. But yeah, that I kind of like the fact that you rewatch it during the holidays because deep down you're actually a cinnamon roll who is sentimental about stupid bullshit. I am not. I am a cold, hard criminal. You're... Every Christmas, Tyler's heart grows three <laughs> times its size. I will have you know, I watch wholesome bullshit <laughs> to make sure my heart stays dead. That makes no sense. It's because if it's completely numb to all feeling, then it won't beat. Every Christmas, Tyler's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and then in February comes, ah, woo! <laughs> Alright, uh, let's go through my honorable mentions. There's one that I will not list right away because I'm pretty sure that it's your number one. But, yeah, so, first of all, on my honorable mentions list goes One Piece, actually. Yes, uh, I, I thought about putting this in my honorable mentions list. Mm-hmm. 
and because we were talking about it before and it it definitely would be 100% rewatchable if it wasn't 800 and some odd episodes long yes and I think the reason why this one is rewatchable or could be considered rewatchable is the fact that it has this insanely powerful nostalgia draw to it and anybody who is a hardcore fan of One Piece would probably rather rewatch certain arcs of One Piece than watch any of the new seasonal anime. I, you could ask them yourselves. If they had to choose, they would choose One Piece 100% of the time. Because the show's just fun to watch and watch again and catch things that you didn't catch the first time. Uh, it is true. I will admit um, I have sort of rewatched it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, obviously it was on four kids and I watched up to... What is it? I think it was Chopper's arc where Chopper joins the crew yeah. on, in, on Four Kids. And then, of course, it just completely disappeared from Saturday morning cartoons. And when I found it again, it was way beyond. And I was like, oh, I'll just start from the beginning. And I just watched up to until I caught up again. Yeah. And, and now I'm like 200 some odd episodes behind again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Uh, my other one, again, this one's put on there for nostalgia reasons. It's not quite as bad as rewatching One Piece, but the only reason this didn't really make my list is because I couldn't think of any logical reason to rewatch this other than I just like it and it's nostalgic and that's Yu Yu Hakusho, which is an anime that I have watched so many times that I'm pretty sure that it has consumed at least two years of my life. Probably. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> like, about I right. think if you put all of my screenings of this anime back to back, it is at least two years long. <laughs> like, I... Uh, it's, it's about the same length as if you were to watch all of One Piece back yeah. to back. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lie. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll always recommend rewatching Yu Yu Hakusho. If anybody ever is like, hey, you want to watch an old anime? I'll be like, yeah, let's watch Yu Yu Hakusho. Like, it's... Again, I'd kind of rather rewatch Yu Yu Hakusho than watch most seasonal anime. So yeah, that's fair. And then my last honorable mention, other than the one that shall not be named, is Madoka Magica, because like many of the other ones on my list, there is a big plot twist at the end of season one that makes you realize, oh shit, this whole show is nothing like I thought it was, and now I need to go back and rewatch all of it so I can now see this from this whole new perspective. And the only reason this made my honorable mentions list and not my actual list is because you can kind of cheat with this series. After you watch the entire series and you feel that need to rewatch it, you can just watch the first two movies because it is literally a recap of the entire series, but with new art style and remasters. And it really just covers all the things that you need to know and you get the exact same experience without having to rewatch a 24-episode anime. And I think that's just kind of convenient that the director knew that the series was going to be rewatched so many times that they were just like, let's make it easier on them. <laughs> you kind of yeah. get a cheat sheet there. Is that a... Um... I don't know why I'm thinking. Haikyuu isn't the movie for that. Is that is that like a recap of only the... of certain matches though? You don't really get the full rewatch experience watching the Haikyuu movies. Okay. So that's the big difference here, where the Madoka Magica movies are really just everything you need from the series. If you try to rewatch Haikyuu by watching the films, you're probably going to be really disappointed and even annoyed at how much gets cut out. The one benefit of watching the Haikyuu movies is that there are added scenes that were cut from the manga that are exclusive to the films, such as seeing Shiatorizawa and Aoba Josai, don't know why I struggled to say that, uh, after the matches are over and they're now kind of contemplating the fact that they're not making it to nationals that year. Those scenes were absolutely beautiful and never made it into the original anime. Yeah. But Madoka Magica, really the only notable thing that I think they cut out of the movies that I'm a little sad about is they cut out what Mommy's Wish was. That's it. Everything else they cut out of the movies is completely irrelevant. So you just rewatch the movies with a cheat sheet. Uh... So yeah, that is my honorable mentions. Did you have any that you wanted to list before we move on to our number ones? Uh, yeah, I have so many for my honorable mentions. You could just burn through them. Because I was like, you know what? 
these all basically made the list because uh, they're all my wholesome bullshit anime. <laughs> like, whenever I just want to watch something wholesome, I I will go and I'll watch one of these stupid things. Uh, and those are uh, MMO Junkie, which I've rewatched. Uh, Demon Girl Next Door, which is, it's wholesome, but it's also more funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helpful Fox Senko-san, Bofuri, uh, and Girls in Panzer. Okay. You know, so, so like I said, they're all... That is just... a pretty wholesome list. I do really like MMO Junkie, so... Yeah. And I liked Girls in Panzer. Yeah. So, see, I can like wholesome things. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say on that. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go ahead and move on to my number one. Again, this is completely predictable. And if anybody didn't think I was going to mention this, then you're crazy. Because of course I'm going to fucking mention this. And by pure coincidence, it actually is the same director as Puella Magi Madoka Magica. And that's just kind of a fun fact. So naturally, this number one is going to Thunderbolt Fantasy. And I have to ask myself, how many times can I mention Thunderbolt Fantasy on a top five list before I just admit it's my favorite show? And the answer to that is at least once more. So (laughs) (laughs) That's always the answer, as at least one more. So I will say what makes Thunderbolt Fantasy kind of a unique one on my list is that there's not really one big plot twist that makes me go oh my god now i need to rewatch it what makes thunderbolt fantasy interesting is that for the most part the entire first season doesn't even revolve around the actual plot of the main story it's kind of a side quest but we're led to believe that this is the main plot for the longest time and that again everything is supposed to be taken at face value because why wouldn't it be why would shows keep lying to us like this I don't know. Why would they lie to us? (laughs) But as we start digging deeper and deeper into the series, we start to learn that the allies and friends that we made along the way are actually just people that lie to you and aren't always going to tell you the truth and kind of have their own agendas and don't feel the need to tell you everything up front because, again, they're real people. Like, they don't have to tell you that they were actually, like, a thief the entire time and have been drugging you for the last few days so that way you would follow them on this ridiculously stupid quest. See, this is exactly why I have zero friends, because (laughs) people suck! (laughs) And even the main protagonist, who everybody's like, wow, who is this guy? And he's just like, oh, I'm just a traveler from the other country. And everybody's like, that's a load of bullshit. And he's like... Why does nobody believe me when I say I'm a foreigner from another country? They're like, because we don't get foreigners. Because the in order to be a foreigner from that country, you have to cross a literal valley of death. And he's like, yeah, and I did that. And they're like, yeah, you're full of shit. And so he's trying to be honest and trying to get his whole character arc out there. And no, nobody's fucking listening to him. So eventually he's just like, all right, you know what? I guess I'm not going to have a character arc because nobody wants to listen to what I have to say. Guess, guess this never happened. Yeah. <laughs> guess I'm just a fucking liar. And by the end of the first season, you realize he was the only one actually telling the truth. And he's like, yeah, I told you. I crossed the Valley of Death to get here. How, how many times do I have to tell you guys <laughs> I'm the honest one? And how many times did I have to tell you guys I didn't have time for this fucking side quest because I was kind of busy with my own thing at the time, but nobody cared about that. You guys all dragged me along on this anyway, and now I have to deal with it. And this whole thing was kind of bullshit to begin with. And when we're done here, I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing. And then season two starts. <laughs> yeah, season two starts. And he's just like, you know what? I didn't have to put up with any of that shit. Some stupid bard <laughs> yeah, <and> guilt, then... <laughs> guilt tripped me into that whole adventure just because it was raining. It wasn't a bard. It was a wizard. <laughs> Some stupid weed wizard (laughs) who's actually a rogue and it turns out i'm not a swordsman i'm a monk Uh, that's that's how it be sometimes and it turns out this red-haired guy who definitely fits the description of a paladin is actually a bard Uh, (laughs) that's how it be sometimes But one of the best things is the fact that since we start the story kind of in the middle of everybody's character arcs, 
and we don't really learn what any of their character arcs are until the end of the first season, there is so much to enjoy about going back and watching this to be like, oh, this bitch. This bitch. Like, the first time I watched Thunderbolt Fantasy, I was just like, oh, the serial killer wants to kill Lynn, but I like Lynn. I really hope he makes it out of this okay. And then by the end of season one, I'm like, you know who I really miss? That serial killer that wanted to murder Lynn. You know what would have been nice? If that serial killer got to actually kill Lynn. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Then you watch the movie and you're just like, okay, yeah, no, he definitely should have killed Lynn. Like, I I am team serial killer from now on, okay? (laughs) We stand serial killers in this house. Look, I'm just saying, whatever bad things happen to Lynn in the future... He deserves harm. And the thing is, I still love Lynn. But we stand serial killers in this house, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. So, yeah. And then Thunderbolt Fantasy keeps doing that to us, though, where it's just like, there's this realization that what we're seeing in the show is really just one minor thing that has happened to these characters on a long list of bullshit that they have had to deal with for the longest fucking time. And the only time we're ever going to get genuine flashbacks are in the movies. So if you don't watch the movies, then you're just missing out on this entire character story. But honestly, you kind of can. You could kind of get away with it. You're just like, you know what? I just want to see them go on these bullshit adventures. And I think what makes that unique and interesting is the fact that that's basically how Dungeons and Dragons works. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody has this, like, eight-page essay on their character's backstory that really has almost no relevant to the quest that they're on. Because when you're in the quest, that's all you're fucking doing. Uh, I will have you know, my backstories consist of... Uh, he just sort of happened to fall into adventuring. So it's just like how you write these lists. Got it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Shock. Oh my. (laughs) Who would have guessed the simpleton chooses simple methods? Yeah. But you could have the most heartbreaking and detailed backstory in D&D, and unless for some reason the DM decides to bring it up, you're probably never going to use that information, but it's still a part of your character. And that's exactly how Shofu Khan and Lin Setsuya and Rofuyo are all written. They have these deep backstories, but it has nothing to do with the goals that they are currently trying to fulfill. And the movies are the only thing that really give us a glimpse into those backstories. So, yeah. I love Thunderbolt Fantasy, and it will probably make another top five list in the future, so look forward to it. Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) And with that, let's hear your number one. Uh, Okay, so my my number one, honestly, I really wanted to put it in honorable mentions, Mm -hmm. just because I feel like, well, I give it so much praise all the time, Mm -hmm. because it's so good, but then I thought about it, and I realized there's probably only one series... I've watched more than this. Okay, so I don't think I mentioned this one of my honorable mentions. No, right? no, you it's definitely what you think it is. And the one series I've probably watched more than this, I can't add to this list because it's Futurama. <laughs> Futurama's the best anime. <laughs> Futurama is best anime, guys, okay? <laughs> uh, so obviously, as you can guess, it's Konosuba. <laughs> Okay, now that you say it, that is really predictable, but that was not the one that was in my honorable mentions. Oh, really? Okay, let's hear what's in your honorable mention. I thought for sure it was going to be ReZero. Oh, no. Because no. ReZero is almost a mandatory rewatch, because once you get to the end of ReZero, you're just like, that was kind of fucked up. Let's go again. <laughs> that was a hell of a ride. Let's do it again. Yeah. Uh, I did think about adding ReZero to the list, but and I was like, uh, I... I don't know if I'd consider this rewatchable. Oh, it's absolutely like, I, rewatchable. I never go and get the urge to just be like, oh, I want to rewatch ReZero right now, you know? Yeah. I did go and I rewatched the first season before the second season came out, but that yeah. was more of a refresher. It wasn't a. I just feel like watching this. You almost kind of have to get a refresher with this series. <laughs> yeah. A lot fucking happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but let's hear your reasoning for Konosuba. 
Well, like I said, it's just because I've rewatched it so many times. Uh, honestly, like I, I put Futurama up there as like, this is the show that I just put on when I don't know what else to put on. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with Konosuba when I'm like, I don't know what anime I want to watch, but I want to watch an anime. Mm-hmm. And I just put on Konosuba. Konosuba might repl- it, it might replace Futurama <laughs> if it were to ever get more episodes. Uh-huh. You know, if it had more content. Like, like they're both kind of neck and neck, you know? On, on mm-hmm. like, you just... I want to rewatch this show. Yeah. Because they're both just hilarious to me. I like comedies, okay? Yeah, I do really like watching Konosuba a lot. I don't think there's really, like... A solid reason for me to ever want to rewatch Konosuba, but it's definitely one that I've watched more than once. So, yeah. and I have watched some of the dub episodes as well, which I also do consider to be rewatching it. So. Oh, it's it's fantastic, both dub and sub. Yeah, so I I will admit this is one that's just kind of fun to rewatch because we're working on a cosplay project and we just need something in the background or. We just don't really have anything to watch, so it's like, put something on, and then you just put on Konosuba. So, yeah, I can absolutely agree to that. It is mindless rewatchability. <laughs> yeah. And it... I've probably rewatched it almost as much as the other things I've put on my list, so... Except Haikyuu and Thunderbolt Fantasy, which... Well, those those don't count, because... I have definitely rewatched <laughs> both of those more than I've rewatched Konosuba. How many times have you watched Haikyuu now? I don't know. I actually don't because it literally is this trap of like, I just finished watching Haikyuu. Now what should I watch? <gasps> Let's watch Haikyuu. <laughs> you gotta. Uh, I was going to put Haikyuu on my list, on yes. my on my honorable mentions. It is a serotonin thing. But, like... then, I, but then I was like, no, this is definitely going to come up. There's no way Candace isn't going to mention Haikyuu. Yeah, Haikyuu is a serotonin fa- uh, factory for me. <laughs> like, every time you rewatch it too, it's just kind of like, especially after you read the manga and you get to the end and you're like, oh, they're all grown up. Look at them. They're all adults oh, now. Oh my and gosh. It's the year 2021 and they've all come so far and the anime takes place in 2012. So it's like you actually get to see them grow up and then you finish it and you're just like, Okay, let's go watch the anime again. And you start with episode one. You're like, baby crows! Baby crows! Look at them! Look at the little middle school baby crows! Does Asahi keep his samurai haircut? Uh, I've shown you what Asahi looks like in the time skip. And I don't remember a damn thing. Uh, He does put it in a bun sometimes, but for the most part, he leaves it down and curly. Because he doesn't really need to be doing things with his hair out of his face anymore. Ah, so volleyball Jesus look. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I got it. But uh, there is one point where he decides to travel the world and he does put it up in a bun for that. Okay. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. (laughs) I won't tell you why he traveled the world, but he did. So, yeah. I I probably rewatched Haikyuu. Not as much as Yu Yu Hakusho, but it's probably the second most rewatched anime for me. Okay. But that's just because Yu Yu Hakusho, again, like, Yu Yu Hakusho was, like, my my very first apartment where I lived alone for so long. I didn't have cable, and I didn't, there wasn't really, like, a lot of streaming services on the internet back then. At least not ones that I could afford to pay for. And so, most of the time, I just rewatched my DVDs, and I have the entirety of Yu Yu Hakusho on DVD. That's a big time sink. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one that I have that I would rewatch all the time was Slayers, which is also a huge time sink. Mm-hmm. So, Slayers is also good. Yeah, Slayers I, is another really good one. I could really put that one on a, on a rewatch list, but... Yeah. So yeah, like... But again, I can't think of any logical reason why I would recommend somebody rewatching it. Like, I would rewatch it, but I can't be like, this is why you should rewatch it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, with that, let us move on to our final segment, and I've been working on this one for a couple weeks, and I still don't think I perfected the wording on it. <laughs> I was but... gonna say, I sure hope you have something for this, because I do not. And I know for a fact that you watched this anime, because we watched it together, but I don't know if you remember this anime. So, uh, it is Battle Royale featuring the Chinese calendar system. Oh, uh... <sighs> Something, something Kaisen. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the first name of it. Do you remember the English name? Which is significantly easier. 
No, I do not. It's Zodiac War. Zodiac War, okay. <laughs> I was going to say Fortnite with the Chinese calendar system. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nothing like Fortnite, to be fair. It would make an interesting Battle Royale game, though, aside from the fact that there's only 12 fighters. Yeah. That's the problem, is that if you have a Battle Royale with only 12 players, it's going to go by way that's, too fast. That's only four teams. Yeah. So. With your typical three-team battle system. Yeah, which is the same number of people or, in Hunger Games. Or not three-team, three-man three battle team system. Yeah. I guess the difference between, like, an anime versus, like, a video game is that in a video game, if there was only 12 players, everybody would just fucking go after each other. Where in anime and movies like Hunger Games, their whole strategy is to stay as far away from each other as humanly possible. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yep, yeah, so that's our episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And let us know what you guys would rewatch and go check out our fleets. <laughs> our fleets. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.